Where would you find the most Christmas spirit? In Lapland? At the North Pole? This Asian nation has the world's longest Christmas season, with lavish festivals, light displays, and feasts. There is one dessert which has ties to the monarchy and crowing roosters. It can be topped with salted duck eggs, pineapple, cheese, or even vanilla ice cream. We're diving into the history and origins of babinka. I'm your host, Glenn Warren, and welcome to another serving of Seasons Eatings, the podcast which explores the history and origins of your favorite Christmas foods. Seasons Eatings can be found wherever you download your favorite podcast. Seasons Eatings is also found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you love the show, then I humbly ask you to share this podcast with someone you think would love to hear more about the history of Christmas and the foods which shape the holiday we love so much. If you want to give me suggestions for future episodes, just email me at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com. All the links can be found in the show notes at seasonseatingspodcast.com. This country is the epitome of Christmas. The Philippines, one of six predominantly Christian countries in Asia, boasts the earliest and longest Christmas season in the world. September 1st usually starts with radio and TV stations playing Christmas music. Every year we hear about the inevitable Christmas creep. People start complaining about stores playing Christmas music even before November, let alone during the Advent season. It seems that Christmas decorations are being sold before school starting in September. Well, if you're living in the Philippines, all of this will be perfectly normal. You see, Filipinos all around the world mark September 1st as the start of the Christmas countdown. The Burr Months Countdown, which runs from September to December, is one of the most important traditions that sets apart Christmas in the Philippines from celebrations in the rest of the world. Caroling in the Philippines begins in September. This is one of the most famous ways Merry Christmas in the Philippines is made so merry. There are so many groups spreading throughout the country who go out on the streets and markets and perform various famous holiday songs in both the native language as well as English. The best thing about this is that they are very open to anyone, and you can join them in their performances if you like to and sing your hearts out. Stalls selling Christmas decorations and fireworks begin to line the street. In some households, Christmas decorations are already hung up this early. The most common of which is the parol, a star-shaped Christmas lantern made of wood and paper, or metal in a shell called capiz, usually used for window panes. One of the best Christmas in Philippine food traditions, Noche Buena is a grand celebration of the festival with a massive amount of food. Primarily a family tradition, the families around the country prepare a lot of food to eat during Christmas Eve. That includes some of the most famous local delicacies like queso de bola, hams, pancit, lechon, putubambag, and of course, babinka. Babinka is basically ground rice and water. 
It's generally called kakenin, from the word kenin, or cooked rice. Though the base recipe is practically the same as puto's, without the embellishments, its manner of cooking is what gives the rice cake its unique texture and aroma. I've had the pleasure to work with many people from the Philippines in my past, and they celebrate the holidays like no other. My first taste of babinka was so delicious. I think of it as a very firm rice pudding, but that description does not do it justice. The name babinka is similar to the Indian dessert, babinka, from the state of Goa. The latter is made with flour, coconut milk, sugar, egg yolks, ghee or clarified butter, and almonds. Aside from Goa, the babinka is also common in Macau and East Timor all of which, like Goa, were Portuguese colonies. Aside from the name, both cakes are cooked with heat on the top and the bottom, but unlike the Philippine babinka, the Goa babinka is a layered dessert, wherein each layer must be cooked first before the next one is added. Their babinka is made with flour instead of glutinous rice. However, the term babinka is Chinese in origin. Anthropologist E. Arsenio Manuel, as cited in uh, St. Maria's book, relates the rice cake's name to its root word, bee, which in Romanized Mandarin means unripe grain. Babinka is also used in naming other rice cakes, such as Babingang, Cassava, and Babingang Malakit. Filipinos are known to be one of the most religious people in the world. Most Filipinos are Catholics. It's estimated that approximately 80% of the population are Roman Catholic. Spanish Catholic religion has a big influence in the culture because they're the ones who introduced the religion to the Filipinos. Filipinos are devoted to their religion. Some are even willing to risk their lives for it. The Feast of the Black Nazarene is one of the events that challenge Filipino faiths. There's a lot of Philippine traditions, and one of these is the Simbang Gabi, or the Night Mass. It is a series of a nine-day masses practiced by Filipino Roman Catholics to honor the Blessed Virgin Mary in anticipation for Christmas. It's held from December 16th to December 24th. The mass usually starts at 3 o'clock in the morning and ends at 5 in the morning. At the ninth day, the mass is called the Misa de Gallo, or the Rooster's Mass. The Singbang Gabi originated not just out of devotion, but also due to practicality. In the 330 years that Spain ruled the Philippines, it was customary for the friars and priests to celebrate Holy Mass for the multitudes of Filipinos living in the barrios. In less than two generations after the arrival of the Spaniards, or by 1600, the greater part of the islands have been successively converted to the Catholic faith. An agricultural country famed for its rice fields and coconut and sugarcane plantations, families then started their day even before the sun would rise. Many farmers toiled all day. They only had a break during noon every day when the scorching sun would be at its peak. Losing an hour due to the inhospitable temperature, farmers worked very hard and budgeted their time wisely unless they incur the ire of the local encargado, or administrator of the Spanish lord. In between the planting season and harvest, there's still a lull in the back-breaking work imposed on the Filipinos out in the field. 
those who are old enough to sustain manual labor are gathered under the tributo system, whereby they would have to work for free for the Spanish government, where they were tasked to build everything from cobblestone streets, the felling of trees for new government buildings, and other projects. The women also have their share of work. Besides tending to the vegetable gardens, they were constricted to work as household help for the local political elite. The Filipinos worked non-stop in the plantations and homes of the ruling Spaniards. Nonetheless, when the annual Christmas season would begin, it was customary to hold novenas around the entire country. The friars and the priests saw that the people, although tired and numb from work, wanted to hear the word of the Lord, even before toiling out in the fields yet again. As a compromise, the clergy began to hold mass early dawn, when the land would still be dark, a break in tradition prevalent in Spain and her Latin American colonies. This curious name for midnight mass comes from a bit of old European folklore. According to a traditional tale, Jesus was born at the stroke of midnight. The task of announcing this miraculous event fell to the roosters. The first rooster fluttered out onto the roof of the stable and proclaimed in a human voice, Christ is born. The second followed crying out, In Bethlehem. Since the rooster was the first creature to call humankind to worship on the eve of Jesus' birth, people throughout the Spanish and Portuguese-speaking worlds honor the animal by referring to Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve as the rooster's mass. Perhaps elements of this legend inspired the scheduling of Midnight Mass itself. Since early medieval times, Roman Catholic priests have celebrated three Christmas Masses. Rules dating back to the 5th century AD ordain that the first Christmas Mass be celebrated at Galencantum, that is, when the rooster crows. Few roosters crow as early as midnight. Instead, the belief that Jesus was born at midnight determined the hour at which the Mass was held. After the Mass, you will see a lot of vendors selling different local delicacies, one of which is babinka. Babinka is widely available during the Christmas season. We'll find out how babinka is made after the break. I'd like to thank Audible for being a sponsor for Seasons Eating's podcast. When I'm not doing research for the podcast, I'd like to get out and go for a walk with my dog to recharge. We both get some exercise, and I use Audible to listen to my favorite book while I'm out there. With literally thousands of titles to choose from from your phone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, Audible has so many audiobooks for you to try, no matter what genre you love to read. Perhaps you want to try a Christmas cozy mystery, the history of food, or whatever tickles your fancy. There are so many titles to choose from. Again, to download your free Audible book today, go to audibletrial.com slash seasonseatings for your free audiobook, and thanks for supporting the Seasons Eatings podcast. I'll put a link in the show notes to make it even easier. Don't you wish the holidays would last the entire year? Well, now it can. Head on over to MyMerryChristmas.com where you can enjoy the holidays all year long. You can chat with other Christmas enthusiasts on any topic you can think of. Movies, books, cooking, decorating, anything. If it's about Christmas, it's here. 
Joining My Merry Christmas is completely free. But if you become a Premier member, you can enjoy extra bonuses such as a yearly Christmas card exchange and Kringle Radio, Santa's exclusive Christmas radio station. For only $19.95, you can become a Premier member of MyMerryChristmas.com for a full year. So head on over to MyMerryChristmas.com and start enjoying Christmas all year long. The traditional preparation of babinka is time-consuming. Back in the days, its ingredients were allowed to sit out for a while to hydrate the rice before it gets ground in stone mills, then fermented to develop flavor, and to catch natural yeast in the air that leavens the cake during baking, much like how sourdough breads are made in Europe. At times, bahalina, a traditional Filipino palm wine made from fermented coconut or nipa palm sap, is used as a fermenting agent. And when added to the batter, it gives a sweet and sour flavor profile. Typically, babinka is cooked in a terracotta container lined with a banana leaf. The vessel is heated with charcoal or dried coconut husks from underneath, as well as from above and the contraption toasts both ends of the rice cake, creating a charred finish on both surfaces. As a common merienda, or a light meal, in Filipino culture, the rice cake comes in a wide variety. The fine textured babinkas we find in commercial establishments today, which were much denser. Modern recipes add milk, butter, and eggs into the batter making the rice cake tender from the fat content in these ingredients. The addition of yeast or baking powder also contributes to a consistency light and fluffy cake with an even crumb. In the 16th century, the king of Palawan sent the arriving Spaniards pieces of cacanin or rice snacks wrapped in banana leaves as gifts, which historian Antonio Pigafetta described in his journals as resembling sugar loaves, while others were made in the manner of tarts with eggs and honey. The modernization of native babinka recipes started quite early. Between 1904 and 1922, Americans had introduced home economic programs to local public schools and started developing and documenting native dishes to teach students recipes that fuse elements of local cuisine with American sensibilities and ingredients. They developed recipes to improve the Filipino diet and introduce a more scientific way of cooking where measurements, cooking time, and nutrition were factored in. Proper hygiene was also taught in schools. Eating communally was discouraged, and Filipino adapted eating with individual plates and using cutlery. But cooking and eating babinka as well as other kakanins have been long-standing traditions that have existed before the Americans or even the Spanish arrived. For Filipinos, kakanin and feasting are inseparable. Not only are these delicacies part of our diet, they are also part of the indigenous culture as well as an expression of native spirituality. They had offered rice cakes of various shapes and sizes to deities and demigods in pre-Christian festivals, and this practice has been carried over to the celebration of Christian festivals across the Philippines throughout centuries. This explains why babinka is inseparable from the Filipino Christmas experience. 
The traditional recipe for babinka calls for glutinous rice to be soaked in water overnight in tapayan jars to allow it to ferment with the addition of wild yeast called bubod or tuba palm wine. The soaked and fermented rice is then ground into a smooth and viscous batter called galapam through the use of a millstone. This method makes use of the fermentation to produce the leavening agent for the rice cake and also to provide a characteristic faint fermented aftertaste to the resulting product. With the time-consuming process of the traditional preparation, modern versions sometimes use regular rice flour or Japanese mochiko flour in place of galapong. Other ingredients can also vary greatly, but the most common secondary ingredients are eggs and milk. In cooking the babinka, a shallow terracotta bowl is lined with a single large section of a banana leaf. The bowl is then placed over preheated coals and the rice flour and water mixture is poured into the banana leaf liner, taking care not to spill out directly into the bowl itself. Sliced salted egg and cheese are then added on top of the batter. Uncommon toppings can include piniping, a pounded immature rice grain, chocolate, fruit preserves and jams, and pineapple. A mixture of two or more of these toppings on a single babinka are also common and sometimes called babinka especial. Another piece of banana leaf is added to the top and the container is then covered with a flat metal sheet holding more preheated coals. The end result is a soft and spongy large flat cake that is slightly charred on both surfaces and infused with the unique aroma of toasted banana leaves. Additional toppings are then added, usually consisting of butter or margarine, sugar, cheese, or grated coconut. More modern preparation of the dessert makes use of metal cake pans and purpose-built multi-tiered standing electric ovens. The resulting product from this method of preparation lacks the distinctive smoky smell of charcoal but is otherwise the same with regards on taste and texture. Especially if banana leaves are used to line the cake pans. Mass-produced babinka in Philippine bakeries are also made using characteristic tin molds that give them a crenulated edge similar to a large puto or puto mamang cupcakes. Babinka is also popular in Indonesia, particularly among Christian majority areas in northern Sulawesi and the Maluku Islands, both of which were former colonies of the Portuguese Empire and are geographically close to the southern Philippines. It is prepared almost identically to Philippine babinka. In the provinces of North Sulawesi and Gorontalo, babinka is usually made with rice or cassava flour and coconut milk with shredded coconut baked inside. In the Maluko Islands, babinka is spiced and sweetened with brown sugar or sweet meat floss. It is also traditionally cooked in clay pots lined with banana, pandan, or nipa leaves. As in the Philippines, it is also usually eaten during the Christmas season. So if you get to celebrate in the country with the longest Christmas season, I hope you get to try this rich and creamy coconut dessert. Babinka is not simply an entree on the holiday table. It also tells the story of Filipino resilience, faith, and creativity.
We can't do it without you, and your support means the world to us. We certainly hope you enjoy your free book as well as your free trial. And more so, we hope you enjoy listening to the show. Thanks again to Audible.com, and even more thanks to our wonderful and awesome listeners. Get your free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash seasonseatings. Thank you for listening to this serving of Seasons Eatings. Seasons Eatings is available on Apple, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, Deezer, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Please, if you can leave a review about the show so we can spread the Christmas cheer. And if you let me know you've left a review, I'll send you a Seasons Eatings sticker as a personal thank you. Also, I would love to hear from you. You can send me an email at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com to let me know how you like the show, suggestions for future episodes, or just to say hi. And I know this is a busy time, so even sharing the podcast with someone you know who loves Christmas would be a great big help. And if you're feeling extra generous this season, you can buy me an eggnog. Head on over to seasonseatingspodcast.com and click on the little cup in the corner. Each small donation helps with the daily running of the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Seasons Eatings has great items for you or your loved ones this holiday season. Head on over to seasonseatings.com, click on the Merchandise tab, and find your next great gift. Thank you for listening, and tune in again for another serving of Seasons Eatings. All music for Seasons Eatings is used under the Creative Commons license.